Kick the door down, you assholes. <laughs> We're just going to go right into the episode right now, by the way. The following program contains scenes of violence, nudity, and mature subject matter. Parental discretion is advised. Mm. Perversions of science. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt Keeper. L-I-W. The dark side is always there, waiting for us to enter. Welcome that to enter us. Welcome to L-I-W. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight. Welcome to LAW, the Twilight Zone review, or Tales from the Crypt review, rather. Uh, sorry, I got interrupted so many times I forgot what show we're doing. Um, we're just going to start. <laughs> we're just going to start. Uh, we just finished watching Tales from the Dark Side, episode 117, uh, The Madness Room, which Adam picked. Um, and I, I kind of hate you now. I kind of hate you now, yeah, Adam. I, I kind of hate myself for that. I warned you that Tales from the Dark Side is terrible. It is yeah. not a good show. It's something you remember better than what it is, which is similar to Tales from the Crypt, honestly. Let's be, let's be honest. It reminds me of a time where we were easily amused as children, you know? Because yeah. it's like you just you didn't need a whole lot because you didn't, you didn't have much. So you, the little bit that they gave you, you were happy with that. You watch it now, and it's like, ooh, Really? Yeah, it doesn't hold up. You, 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 what I remember more from that is the announcer, which interrupted yes. me several times during this, which is Tales in the Dark Side. Like that, he has a great voice, but it's it a nice setup. Yeah, it's show a nice doesn't setup hold up. There's the callback. Yeah, it doesn't hold up at all. I I have no information on the show because we literally just started watching it, and then as we finished watching it, I started hitting recording, and we started going. So. I I have no information on the show. I don't know much about it. We both enjoy the movie, though, right? Dark Tales yes, from Dark Side the movie. movie I, I went to go see as a kid. We we went into the theater and we snuck root beer into the movie theater. I have fond memories. Whoa, of <laughs> root beer, one huh? Of us dropping a bottle of root beer that looked like a beer, and then the bottle rolled all the way down the fucking floor like the concrete. It was one of those old oh beers, yeah concrete yeah floor. So you just heard the... That, the that is a vivid recollection for people like our age. Were you... Because <laughs> cause let's be honest. I mean, you and I are 10 years apart, but there's still like yes. that... I hate that my age... I think I'm the last year that considered a millennial, which I don't have anything in common with. Nah, I wouldn't describe you as one. No. It, it should be 1990 and after. So this is kind of 90 and after, where you kind of grew up with the internet. I didn't have the internet until I was fucking 15, 14, like barely dial up at that point. It, it was I was halfway to an adult, or more than halfway to an adult before I had the internet. So I don't consider myself a millennial at all. Well, in the point way. is we're both old enough to remember world without internet. 
Like it was when it was not a thing, you know. Yeah, we, we both grew up. Widespread thing. Yeah, you grew up like playing them. I mean, so obviously millennials grew up with the same thing. But it was if you had to call a friend, you had to hopefully find a phone, maybe in your home. But you know, if you weren't lo- allowed inside your home because your parents were psychopaths like me, you had to find a phone to call your parent, call your friends. Hopefully, find something to do. And that was, yep. it's a very different world now because you can just be like, I remember friends showing up at my house and just being like, hey, is he here? No? Yes? Either way. And that was the, that was how you found, found out if your friend was home. Now it's, all right, I'll be over. And I know when that friend's showing up because I know how far away they live. It's so I had different. friends that were strange enough to just walk in the house and just sit down and like, like I worked, I used to work nights and they would just wait for me to wake up. And I was like, you know, what you're doing is really creeping me the fuck out. I did the same thing though. Yeah. You know, back in the day though, when you're, when you're younger. You, I grew up in a rougher neighborhood, so I wasn't <laughs> ready for that. <laughs> oh, it's, it was a different world back then where you can just show up at yeah. someone's house and you know, oh, he's in the bathroom. Okay. I'll wait here and I'll play his own video games on his own system and be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sit here and, you know, play Super Nintendo or whatever. And this is what we did. And you waited for the friend to come out and that was it. And there's no big deal. You didn't, you weren't like, what the fuck? You were like, eh, he's here. Cool. This this show reminds me of if you took Twilight Zone, uh, added a lot of water, okay, and then recycled it and turned it into a daytime soap opera. That's yeah. what this feels like. It didn't didn't work, did it? No, it's not. They're not shot well. Uh, they're not executed well. The acting is atrocious. Uh, the story is dumb. Uh, yeah, it was very boring too. Is the like we, were, we were struggling to entertain ourselves with this one. Yeah, we may have a lot. I missed a lot. <laughs> quick, quick question. Is the Tales from the Dark Side movie the one with Karen Black and she fights the puppets? That's that, no, right? Uh, the, there's, there's three episodes. Um, yeah. I do remember Debbie Harry is in it, and she has a kid in a oven. She's preparing a kid. She's going to eat him. Like she has him, she has him like, locked in a cage, and she's going to feed him to feed him to some guests. She's clearly a witch, and she's telling him stories. And okay. there's like three different stories. The last one, the last story has Radon Chong, and she is Tom, a dark Tommy Chong's daughter. Yes. Let me find out um, which The one's... movie was good, and which... I've seen it recently, and it's still good. But yeah, this TV show, not so much, which seems weird to me. It seems weird that the movie would be better than the TV show, but I believe that is the case here. Okay, here we go. Let's find out. 1990. There's also a really good episode with a very young Steve Buscemi in it where he uh, resurrects a mummy. What the fuck movie am I thinking of where Karen Black fights off puppets in like a corporate building? What the fuck movie is that? Let's look up Karen Black. That might be Trilogy of Terror. That is Trilogy of Terror. You're right. Yep. Yep, it's got the the little puppet. Yep. Yeah, Karen Black. Okay, here she is. Five easy pieces. Blah 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 blah. Yep, that's um, it. Yep. Got to be that, right? That is what I'm thinking of. Um, okay, so I don't know anything about. Apparently, I don't know a goddamn thing about Tales from the Dark Side. I remember the yeah, voice. Tales from the Dark Side, the movie is yeah. is I think PG thirteen or rated R. Uh, probably rated R. I I remember watching the show. I don't remember anything about it though. But I would say I recognize the voice. Um, it's at the. Uh, let's let's look up trilogy. Trilogy of Terror, nineteen seventy-five. 
Yeah, there we go. Classic too. There, that's it. That's what I'm, that's what I thought about. Yep. That's the one that's that has a, a sequel. One well. Yeah. Yeah, I like this one. Um, yep. I didn't love it, but I still like it. It's uh, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very different from Tales from the Dark Side, which is apparently the worst fucking thing in history. I didn't realize. <laughs> I for people that are are new to I'm new to this channel or I should say your your podcast. I I'm always talking to you about this off air. I'm a huge fan of anthology horror movies. Yeah. So even the bad ones, if they'll have one or two good short stories. And the reason I like anthology horror movies is most horror movies it's like you have one concept and then you have about 90% of padding. Whereas yeah. if you have an anthology episode, you trim off all the fat, you get your point across, and then quickly move on to another point. But I then like you, those. Then you also feel like, because the main, the main reason I'm doing this show is because we do LAW The Twilight Zone Review. I mean, we're 163 episodes deep in that show. Um, this is only episode five of this show. But I love, I love the fact that you can watch, kind of like what you're saying, you'll see that one random episode where you're like, holy shit, that was great. And the next uh, next week, you could be like, oh, that was bad. And the next week after that, oh, that was okay. And the next week after that, you're like, holy shit, that was a great one. It's it, it's like potluck. You don't know what you're going to yeah, get, but you're, it's, you're it's, willing to come back and, and hopefully see another good one. It's that bag at the at the record store that's nearby where you're kind of like, it's 10 bucks for a bag and you can buy it and who knows what the fuck's in it. And you're like, sometimes, because I've bought those and sometimes you're like, oh, this is great, like some weird records in it. And sometimes you're like, oh, this is all like weird disco Elton John shit. Uh, you've had both. But a lot of stores do that. Uh, Zia Records out here in Phoenix does that, where you can buy a random bag for like 10 bucks. And sometimes you'll say, have... You kind of lost me there for a second. I'm like, they really do stuff like that? No, go to a record this? shop, because they'll, they'll buy whatever they want, and then they'll throw whatever in a bag. And sometimes you get like really great stuff, because they just throw whatever in there. They'll, they'll pack it full of shit, so sometimes it's worth... 50 bucks sometimes it's worth 75 cents for everything inside it's kind of a neat idea they're they're basically yeah. doing like the pachinko machines except yeah. with records that's kind exactly. of exactly but z records does that they'll throw movies records it's a used record store but they'll have blu-rays and dvds and cds and that's vhs yeah, it's, if, they, if they do those with movies i wouldn't mind yeah sometimes it's everything some of, the best, some of the best movies you find you 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 have these as well you have you have a andy sedaris collection you buy those collections of movies that have like 50 fucking types of movies like 50 action movies yeah. or something like that. like i have one for canon it's got eight eight action movies i bought it for five bucks at walmart yeah it's got some great shit on there it's got cyborg missing in action ninja three the domination i love those movies exactly usa yeah. so sometimes you get those collections in there with like weird albums that you'll never listen to so you're like oh this time i got great movies next time you buy it you get great toys next time and nothing really. Next time you get it, it well, same idea where it's kind of like every week I get something different in there. They have that one subscription you can get, which is like, I forget what it's called. They, they closed down. What was it called where you can get like different sci-fi toys and it came in a box? Loot Crate. A Loot Crate, I, I yeah. I think they closed down, but you can get like yep. sometimes every week you get something fucking amazing. Like they'll have a sci-fi week and you get like Back to the Future shit. Like toys, yeah, I had, and I had it was like great. Like the, most, most of those things that they got from Loot Crate, the reason I never subscribed to them is I used to be a, a manager for GameStop, and I did that for seven years. Yeah. And every, every year we would go to GameStop convention, and convention was, was paid for by all of the video game developers. They would have us, during the day, we would go and sit in classes, and they would tell us about the upcoming games. 
stuff that they want us to push. And then as kind of a reward, they would have kind of like a miniature E3. Yeah. Where, where they would give us, and they would give us all this fucking swag while we were there. We just had all these junky things, masks, costume pieces, video games sometimes, uh, little toys. It was, it was great getting like these, these big bags of loot. And then you'd go to the expo and they'd give you more loot. Most of that stuff that's left over is what you were getting in Loot Crate. Yeah. And, and you don't know what you're going to get for a Loot Crate. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's terrible. And Sometimes mm. those things are massive collector's items and you don't even know. Exactly. Like it becomes so later. Yeah. And that's why I want to say uh, welcome to LIW Tales from the Crypt Review, <laughs> episode five, for Tales <laughs> on the Dark Side, which is strange, episode, what was it? You picked 117. Seven, 17. The, yeah, the 17. Madness Room. So Tales from the Dark I, I just, Side, not the Crypt. To be fair, audience, I picked a random number out of my head. I had not seen Tales from the Dark Side for a long time, and now I remember why. <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. <laughs> uh-uh. And it worked for four seasons, though, because it was on the That's air for strange. that long. And they used to show this, like, really late at night. That's what yep. I remember about it. And maybe that's why I don't remember it, because maybe I would start watching these and then pass out while they were on. And and part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast, because our main one is uh, L.I.W. Tales from the Crypt, or, I'm sorry, L.I.W. The Twilight Zone Review. I mean, that's an anthology show, but it's all from the same writer, or writers, you know, a few different writers, but mostly from the mind of Rod Serling. This one is way more random, uh, Tales from the Crypt, rather. Different directors, you got, you know, legendary directors at this point. Uh, I mean, John Frankenheimer did an episode, what do you want? But it's way more random. It's it's not as iconic as Twilight Zone. It doesn't hold up as well as Twilight Zone. It's not politically infused or or social commentary like Twilight Zone. But it does have its own style. It was on HBO. It got away with a lot more. So I wanted to do like more of an anthology show. So I'm glad Adam actually picked this show, which is Tales from the Dark Side. And I haven't seen this in 25, 20. 30 years? I don't know yeah, how long it's like been. Yeah, like that for me, too, dude. I just, <laughs> but, like, I was, I was a kid when I saw this show, <coughs> when I watched these, you know, and, and I just, <coughs> I guess I remember a fonder memory of the movie than than the actual TV show. Yeah. But I do, I do miss, like, you know, everything now is, like, episodic. Everything's like a, a, a fucking soap opera. And I, I know there's still a couple things out there, like Black Mirror. There's, like, the resurrection, ver- the resurrected version of Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele. And then you got. So, sorry, uh, what? They also, I, I don't recognize oh, what you just said. Oh yeah, well, the, I, I heard some rumors about a thing. So, and then uh, also there's a creep show that they resurrected for yeah. Shutter, which actually I think is pretty damn good. I haven't uh, watched that yet. I kind of part of the reason, like I mentioned earlier, part of the reason I wanted to do this show, the Tales from the Crypt review, is to also talk about different shows. Yes. Which is also the the creep show remake or, or I don't know what to call it because the two creep shows were like Stephen King shorts that were transferred into creep show and creep show two. There's yeah. three of them. There's three there of is them. Three. There is a third one that I have not There seen. is a third one. And also like being really disappointed by the second one. Creep show movie or creep show TV show I wanted to watch. So I figure every once in a while we'll do a show that isn't Tales from the Crypt, but I'm gonna put it in this feed because why not? This is a good spot to release it doesn't fit in at all with Twilight Zone, but it fits a lot better with Tales from the Crypt, right? Agreed, agreed. Yeah. So every once in a while, we'll, we'll steer off, off course here to cover a different anthology show, because I really want to watch, like, let's talk about different anthology shows that are on right now. We got 
Tales from the, I'm sorry, Creep Show. And then we got Bobcat Goldthwaite's uh, Misfits and Monsters. I've not seen that. It looks interesting. We have uh, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, which I think, I don't know if that's an anthology episode or anthology series, because it looks like uh, Brian Cranston is in more than one episode, so I don't know if it's different every episode. Yeah, or... I, I, w- I want something that's not episodic. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just kind of tired of that kind of entertainment sometimes i want something where it's just they just wrap everything up nice and neat in a in a in an episode of, of a show and then we got that other show channel zero which i think is not episodic but season sonic kind of like a american horror story yeah american horror story or even better which is a great example of that is uh, uh, uh castle rock which is a great fucking show that's one that I kind of wanted to check. I don't. If have you haven't watched Castle Rock channel, watch Castle Rock. It fuck. It's great. It really is. I heard. I heard good things. Yeah. Season one is fantastic. I haven't seen season two yet, but apparently it's the uh, Lizzie Kaplan plays a young Kathy Bates. Uh, what's her name from uh, Misery? Um, can't remember her name. For some reason, why can't I think of her name? Doesn't matter. The one that the one that fucking uh, breaks James Conn's legs when he's in bed. She plays a it young version Kathy of her. Bates. Yeah, but what's her what's her character name? I can't remember it. Oh, um, her. Uh, it's iconic, but I, I can't remember it off the top of my head for some reason. But I like to cover like every once in a while, cover one of those episodes. So thank you, Adam, for picking the show. Like, uh, you're welcome, I guess. I'm kind of <laughs> sorry I did. Yeah, now that we're this far into the episode, let's go ahead and actually discuss the actual episode we watched of Tales from the Dark yeah. Side. 117, The Room of... Who gives a shit? Whatever Man, it's called. This, this is going to be really quick, because I really don't feel like yeah. we need to go in order and describe the episode, right? There's no reason. There's a lot of absurd amount of padding in the episode itself. Like it really did not have much of a story to tell, and they were dragging it out. It's like, boring. Really bad. The most it is the instantly mo- boring. And that sadly, here's the truth. And let me know if you agree. Saying it's boring is the biggest compliment I can give it. Because there's so much other wrong with that. That saying it's boring is the least offensive. <laughs> like. It's boring as hell, but there's not a lot going on, but that's I mean, the least offensive. I thinking, am, I, am I just picking this apart like a dickhead because it's like an 80s show? Because no. like I, I, I'll look at something in the 80s and I try to I, I try to look at it from like me, like watching a lot of movies since I was a kid in the 80s. I have different set of expectations. And I try to look at it like, well, remember when this was cool when it was the 80s? Has it held up well? Some of them do, some don't. This one, I don't know if it was ever good. Quick question here, because you meant what you just said off there interests me. Uh, do you consider yourself a child of the seventies or the eighties? More the eighties, because I don't remember a lot of the seventies because I was very young and I was born in seventy four. So I, I, you know, I, like most of the seventies, it's like five years. I would, I'd been five years old by the time it was over. See, I, so I, I, I'm I don't on the other side. Self child eighties. <clears throat> that's that's exactly what I was looking for. Is because on my other show, you know, Twilight's Underview. Frank and I discuss stuff, and he considers considers himself a child of the '90s, and he's about a year and a half or so older than me. But I was born '84, and I remember the '80s. I consider myself a child of the '80s. He considers himself a child of the '90s, which is weird. Um, I just have a much more vivid memory of the '80s than he does. I think I do too. I, I remember most of the '80s because I, I was always like 
like my favorite stuff was always movie related or TV related. Yeah. Like just everything involved with it. Like I was just completely spellbound by everything that was thrown at me. So like everything I love is everything I, I you know, grew up with in the movies was eighties. Like, uh, I remember, I mean, not so much now, but at the time I love Goonies. I love ET. I love Ghostbusters and back to the future, Indiana Jones, Die Hard. That all came out in the eighties. I've started in the eighties for most of those projects. There was a lot of really cool stuff that came out. Like, 80s, I think, was like the, the age of, like, the high-budget supernatural movie. You know, like, like you, you could get away with something like Poltergeist or Life Force or, or you know. I was going to mention do, Poltergeist yeah. next because that was a couple yeah. years before I was born. But, like, I remember going to the, to the, you know, movie rental place nearby, which was nothing in the middle of Michigan, just fucking nowhere. And it was, I remember all the... VHS copies of the 80s movies you could watch or rent. And the 90s didn't really mean much to me because I was, I was, I, you know, I grew up way too fast just to how I grew up. It was, I felt like an adult by the time the 90s rolled around. But I basically had to raise myself. So well, I, I, there's a different way of seeing things, I guess. I can see Frank saying he's a child of the 90s, but see, I graduated in 92. So, like, 90s wasn't, I wasn't really about TV anymore, but it's a shame because there was a lot of good shit on in the 90s, too. I mean, the next generation was still going. You had Deep Space Nine, you had Voyager, you had Babylon 5, which I still haven't seen. You know, I I still need to see that, so... Um, No. A lot of good science fiction still was coming out in the 90s that, that... like the '80s made it cool to have a science fiction show, the X Files. I, I got addicted to that shit in the '90s, big time. That was like my jam. Yeah. in the '90s, X Files is a good example of episodic. And sometimes you watch one week and you go, "That was a great fucking episode." The next week you watch it and I go, "That was terrible." And you know the thing that sucks now is we we live in the age of the ten episode season of a TV show, whereas with the '90s we still had seasons 24. that were like twenty some episodes long. I don't miss the twenty four episodes. I, I mean, I do a LAW The Walking Dead review, and constantly every single season I go, "Can you please just release ten to twelve episodes per year? This sixteen episode a year doesn't work for your show." Please no, stop doing it. No, yeah, I agree with you on that one because I used to watch that The Walking Dead, and I used to think there's like there's like four episodes where it's just going to be people yeah. walking and talking, and maybe two or three kills, and they're dead. The Walking Dead, you get it? No, it, it's <laughs> fucking. It's a terrible show, but it has some great parts in it. it but it used to be a great show with some terrible parts in it. Now it's switched. It used to be a really addictive TV, and it used to because yeah. it used to have a, a. I don't want to turn this into a Walking Dead no, episode. No, just real it quick. It used to have. The point was it had a purpose and it had it gave you reasons to keep coming back other than just like meandering and going on to the next thing. That's why I'm tired of episodic TV. I like sometimes just to watch a show where you're giving me one story, one isolated episode. X-Files did it perfectly where they had episodic and then they'd have like an isolated monster episode where it would just start and then finish, and there was no continuation of that. Sometimes there would be, just as like, uh, like for fan service well, sake, that, you know. But uh, you know, not to, not to correct your terminology, but that is episodic. That is the definition of episodic. You can watch one episode, get your get your fill out of that, and next week they're not discussing that episode. I guess that's what I meant to say. Yeah, but that's, I know that's what you meant. It, 
we're recording really late. <laughs> I know, but the, the um, week yeah, after... I, I, I miss the isolated stories rather yeah. than just have one bullshitty-ass fucking story and then give me a little nugget of it every single week. I'm just... I, some I like shows both. that works for and some yeah. don't. Haunting of Hill House is one of my favorite shows on Netflix. That one's a good one. And that is, you can't just watch one episode. You will get nothing out of it. But you need to watch all ten. But it's only ten. So you can you can do that commitment. It's not like some... Like X-Files is 24 episodes a year for 10 years. You're not going to miss... If you watch one episode of that, you're fine. But you li- you like to watch the whole thing. Uh, I personally, I would just so I understand the characters more because there is character development, but it's stretched out over 10 years instead of a little bit. But if you watch one episode of Hill House, you're not going to get a goddamn thing out of that. You're going to be like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> like, why is he doing this? It, it, the story is overlapping and you need to watch the whole thing to get the full experience. That's why I'm bringing it back to the anthology movies. You know, uh, they, they still come out frequently. You know, I mean, more recent days, you could probably say like even the VHS uh, series. You know, there's there's still technically anthology movies. You have a couple of good ideas, and rather than just pad out the runtime to be two hours, you dedicate 20 minutes of, of one movie to a, a maybe a, a decent idea that you can do something with. You know, you're not yeah. you're not boring yeah. the audience. You know, you're by the time you get, you don't really even have time to feel you're moving into the next thing. And I like that, you know? I just wish they were better, like, the individual parts of the movies. They just don't do much for me in v- sometimes the VHS they are, movies. Sometimes they are, There's know, a couple I, good I, ones in the VHS ones, but overall, eh, no. Like with uh, Tales from the Crypt, the movie, they, they were pretty good. Like, they, they were actually really fucking entertaining and it, it's it i think one of the best movies uh anthology movies out there by far is creep show i mean that is just like almost yeah you got leslie nielsen yeah. burying his wife like in the, in the fucking like ocean in the, in the sand in one, yeah and i love i love the parts where they like every time the horror pops up in that show they blare the fucking pink gels in the in the lights so it's just like like really bright they the comic book thing. yeah yeah they, they were doing the comic book thing before comic book things were cool and it was fun and it's exciting but nowadays it's like the anthology movies are kind of like the vhs which i don't i don't understand i don't care for abc's of death which are just fucking terrible yeah tales of halloween or whatever the fuck that was like kevin smith in an episode with seth green it was it was bad it was so bad. If you're on Netflix, go ahead and check that out and just be like, oh, this is bad. It's not fun. Have you ever seen the movie, uh, I'm trying to think of the thing, I remember the name, Trick or Treat? Yeah, Trick or Treat's fun. I like it. There's one where you have an anthology that's also the same story, but different aspects. I was going to say, it, one it director. It together perfectly. That's one director. Film. That's why. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's something that could have probably played off as a TV show. Yeah, but I like the fact that it's one director, so therefore he knew how he's going to tie together, and it's it's surprisingly pretty good. Yes, uh, that's a fun movie. Uh, but let's talk about this episode at hand here: Tales from Dark Side, the something something room. What was it called? The Madness the, Room. The Madness Room. We got uh, elderly Robert Forrester looking dude and some young lady with some pearl necklace and some pearl earrings, and clearly they have money, right? They are beside a fire, and they're talking about who gives a shit, and he's wearing a cardigan sweater, and he keeps feeling his chest, so clearly he has heart problems. 
who was the young guy again? What was he like a lawyer or I don't remember. <laughs> it doesn't fucking it matter. Looked, it looked like he was trying to say something to Robert Forrester guy. And I like, think okay, it was he, my theory during the episode was he's inviting that young guy over to fuck his wife so he can like some weird cuckolding porn where he could yeah, fuck my wife and he sits on the end of the bed and just jerks off. Or, or my guess was he's he's his lawyer, but she might also be banging him on the side. I think you that's know, kind I mean, of what they revealed at the end. I think that's end. what actually happened. Yeah, that's yeah. what actually happened, which I want to discuss because it's fucking boring. So you have three <laughs> boring, very paper cookie cutter characters here. All white. Who gives a shit about white people fucking? I, I've said it so many times in my career. I don't. <laughs> whenever I see white people fucking, I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Maybe it's because I don't like white girls and I've. I haven't dated a white girl in a decade. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't care. And they're sitting there by the fire, and then all of a sudden their fucking cuckold buddy shows up for a key party, and they sit down, and they break out the Ouija board, and he's like, oh, that old thing. All right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a dumb game. Yeah. That, 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 this is the kind of dialogue we get off in this. Did they play that silly game? The silly Ouija board? Although, to be fair... Which I will say, uh, Mike Flanagan directed uh, Ouija Origin of Terror, I think it's called. Which is like the third or second one, who knows, of Ouija. And it's pretty good. And I heard I was that surprised. one of those was actually surprisingly good. It's yeah, his, would, because would, Mike Flanagan also directed that, Oculus, which was surprisingly good. Gerald's Game, which is surprisingly good. Uh, Doctor Sleep, which was surprisingly good. Uh, Haunting of Hill House, which I just mentioned, which I love. Okay, but it, before I've seen I wake, three of those, and I think I liked about one of them. <laughs> they're they're all all the movies I watch of his. I go, this should be terrible, but I actually by the end really enjoyed it. All of his movies, every single one, I felt the exact same way about. I'm like, this should be bad, but holy shit, I it's like the guy it. that's taken something that's probably easily disposable, but putting some effort into it because yeah. he cares about what he does. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. The guys, uh, the guys, great at creating a lot, like a really quality product out of like okay writing. Like Gerald's game. This, this episode keeps drifting off into better movies and better <laughs> well, TV shows. Because we're gonna, you're gonna see how quick we wrap this up. So let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's let's continue with the plot then. The, the the Ouija board is like look behind the fire hook or something like that. So they look behind the little hook in it's the like fireplace. A really bad RPG. Yeah. yeah. So then they 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 walk over to the fireplace. The wife is like, "Here's a little hook here. So let's remove this brick." Cut the commercial. Cut back, the brick is gone. And then they, uh, the husband, the fucking Robert Forrester looking dude, finds a, a, a note. R.I.P. Robert Forrester. The guy's fucking great. I don't yeah, want to disparage is. him at all. He's great. Jackie Brown for life, man. Jackie oh, Brown and uh, Breaking him. Bad. Oh, my God. Yep, Breaking Bad. But uh, they find a note, and it says, like, here's where the madness room is. Here's where you find this. <laughs> it's just It's literally called the madness room. Yeah. And you see the the young guy and the and the wife like talk, you know, moving the Ouija board around and it's kind of like this is where you go. This is how you find it. Put the key in here and you find it right through here. And then at the end you put the key in the floorboard and that's how you get in there. So then they walk over to the wall and then it cuts the commercial break again and then they're through the wall and then they open the key. Or use the key to open the door, go in there in the madness room. And it's like, it reminded me a lot of uh, Cabin in the Woods 
only really fucking boring? It was really cheap, dude. Like, just really cheap. Like, they just went in, they took a bunch of, like, dollar store dolls, taped, nailed them to a fucking wall. They oh, had, yeah. like, some party string hanging down, I think. Like, uh, 55 dolls on the wall. Yeah. It, it felt it, like... Seriously. Because when you... If I were developing the set or making the set, because if you told me what was in this room, I'd go, okay, here's five dolls, nail them randomly around the room. What Here's... This fucking thing, and now around the room. Here's this. No, this set decorator went. Here's all the dolls in the world. And nail them to the wall, and they're like, "All right, what else?" And they're like, "No, no, that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got." Sorry. Either the either the writer or the director has like some kind of a phobia of dolls or something like that. It just uh, it didn't I, I play. Know. It didn't play into the episode. Dolls had nothing to do with this. That that room that they went into reminds me of when you go to like one of those haunted houses. Like your friend drags you to one, you never heard of it. It's some jerkwater backwoods town, and then you go there, and clearly, you know, they they charge you twenty dollars, and they stick you in a room, and it looks exactly like that. Well, to be fair, this is better than a House of a Thousand Corpses. I prefer well, yeah. this over that that fucking movie. That's probably the best thing that you can say about this movie. <laughs> yeah. is it's better than a thousand House of a Thousand Corpses. That's not a compliment, all right? <laughs> House of a Thousand Corpses is no, diarrhea. That's part of a good movie mixed with a haunted house ride at the end. It's just fucking stupid at the end. And this this episode doesn't stray too far from that motif where it's starts off. Uh, I mean, the beginning part of this was okay. To say the best. It's consistent, I'll say that. Yeah. It's consistently boring. But once they get in that room, it (laughs) sucks. Yeah. There's like nothing there. It gradually gets worse once they get into that room. Because they go in the room, and all of a sudden the wife is like, this is what this means. And the husband starts having a heart attack because he keeps clutching his heart, obviously. And then he falls over and he's dying. And the wife shoots the fucking other guy because she has a gun on her for some reason. And then she's like, she acts like she's possessed by whatever's happening in the house. And it, it ends up being a big reveal that the whole reason they did this, the hus- the wife and the other Weasley guy were in on this, just to kill the husband by a heart attack so that they could fuck each other. I'm pretty sure if they just took their clothes off and fucked each other, the guy would die of a heart attack already. I like feel like if they, they just went, just... hey, Robert, and he'd be like, ah! and fall over dead, and that'd be the end of it. They didn't have to bring in a Ouija board. Why bring a board they, into this? They could have skipped the whole elaborate madness room. I mean, did they create that room just Par- to give that guy a heart attack? Parker Brothers did not to be, need to be involved in this fucking thing. And it's a great question, Adam. Did they invent this room to be a, to be a part of this heart attack? And I, I really don't... Yes, is must be the answer. Because they went in there, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> the real question is, who cares? She shot him, and then they pretended like, oh, he's dead, and then he was dying of a heart attack. And then they're like, ha, ha, ha. Big fake out. It was fake just to kill you. And then... He shoots him twice, and he has ketchup. the equivalent of one ketchup <laughs> packet right He's underneath like, his hand. He holds this... To be fair, after they revealed, I was like, okay, that explains why it was so cheap looking. So kind yeah. of it works. But also, you're kind of like doing what Adam was just saying. is What was the plan? Because the Ouija board... The secret room built into the fucking wall. The all the dolls they must have pinned up on their own because it was part of their plan. They didn't seem surprised by it. All of this must have been part of their elaborate ruse to kill this guy, which they could have you know surprised him with the fucking like honking of the car horn in the middle of the night. He would have died. And then 
He falls over I'm dying. Sure they could just they could have went up behind Robert Forrester, and just blown up a paper bag, yeah. and popped it a balloon, him and it balloon and a pin. He'd have fucking would have died <laughs> yeah. right there because these people that are these old people in these movies, they always carry around a little bottle of pills in their pocket. All right, and they're mm. always clutching their fucking chest so that we know exactly. Oh, it must be a heart attack. And you have to take a pill every fifteen seconds to live in these movies, like. In reality, you take one a day. Requires you to. So. Yeah, and they kill him, or you know he's dying, and then all of a sudden he drops the key in the in the floor, which is what part of the Ouija board said. And they're like, the the guy, the, the younger guy that's not dead, goes, "Why did you tell him to drop the key in the slot in the floorboard at the end? Because he lit the building, he lit the room on fire, and they're slowly like getting immolated." And he's like, and "What was the point of him letting the room on fire? Just to kill them." And he's like, "Why do you Why do you tell him about the, the drop the key there? Because that's the only way out." And she's like, "I didn't." Which therefore shows shows that the uh, the ghost of Jeff was real. Jeff was he's his gonna, old guy's he's business partner. Burn his whole fucking house down <laughs> to kill these two people in this giant fucking house. And die at the same time. So he wins nothing. They because lose everything. Fuck those guys. That's why. Because and fuck those guys. Jeff learns nothing. And then Jeff is dead. And you hear Jeff's laughter over the end credits going, <laughs> And I'm like, no. Either they use the Ouija board as a part of the ploy to fool the old man. Or Jeff was a part of it from the beginning. And none of it makes any sense. It doesn't, it doesn't add up. And no matter how you slice these pieces together, it doesn't make any sense. Why build the room to kill him? If so, why is Jeff wise to the fact after death? I, I just don't get any of it. Okay, so what do we learn from this? If you're an old guy, don't marry a young, peop- a young girl because she's probably playing your ass. Although I think Anna Nicole Smith's husband outlived her. I think. Yeah. I think he did, yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. So, you know, one against 10,000. So out of history, yeah, there there was, so. there was the the one time yeah. it, 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 it didn't work out. I mean, he's probably dead by now, but that's not the point. Um, and to sure. be fair, his prize was Anna Nicole Smith. Who gives a shit? I never yeah, thought she was attractive. No. Uh, just more tit than that was. Anything. That was just a thing, you know. It was, it was like Carmen Electra. Ugh. I mean, it was a thing for a at while least Carmen Electra looked good. I think Anna Nicole Smith didn't even look good in the face. Like just nothing. She was a Barbie doll with like that you you could kind of train the she talk. She looked like she spent a lot of time at the bus stop. You know, she really did. Yeah, it's like you train you put some peanut butter inside of a, a Barbie doll's mouth and you train her to talk. Like because she's in uh, Lethal Weapon thirty three and a third, if you remember, her and yeah, Fred Ward, and she talks, but you're like, oh, that's not a person. That's a piece of plastic just speaking dialogue somehow. Doesn't yeah. work out. And just like this episode, all three are pieces of plastic that just say dialogue that the screenwriter wrote, and none of it ma- That's matters. Probably the the most fun we had was was watching this young lady read her lines like she would just like she was on the 80th take and just really wanted to get off this set and not do this show anymore. She is fucking terrible at, at yeah. everything. She's not an actress. I've never seen her before. The old guy I've seen before. The young guy I think I've seen yeah, before, he's too. Yeah, Forrester. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Rest his soul. But I, I've never seen uh, her before, and she's just god-awful. Uh-huh. She's there. 
ironically, because she blew the director in the, in the fucking madness room. And then she shows up in this thing and just sucks, ironically, again, sucks everything. They were on this show because they couldn't get into General Hospital at the time, <laughs> you know, so. Or it'd be sane elsewhere. <laughs> As the time. world turns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of those fucking things. But I will just say, Adam, I, I'm, not, I'm not happy to do Tales from the Dark Side anymore. And, no, then, and I, I wasn't to begin with. I'm fine with it, too. I, at least now I know that, that I'm not missing anything. There's no reason to go back to the, You know, sometimes it's fun to go back. This is one of the cases where <laughs> you probably shouldn't go back. Just leave it where it's at and don't, don't look back. See, um, what we just did is a Tales from the Crypt experiment in itself. I want to go back to this. Oh, I go back to this. It's not what I remember. Like, it, yep. d- it doesn't pay off to... to nostalgia is the, the biggest killer. Nostalgia is the Ouija board out of this, out of this episode. It, it is well, going like to fuck you get, over. You get so frustrated with TV. At least I do. I, maybe, maybe you're not quite to that point in your life yet. But I, I, I'm at the point where I, I get so goddamn frustrated with TV. Constantly trying to drill the same fucking messages over and over and again. Everything always has to have a cliffhanger. It's, it's like you just... You're waiting for it. It's like... A lot of the stuff, especially with the like a lot of the, the movies, I don't want to get like too off topic, but a lot of the movies, I feel like I'm, they're recycling the same plots in all these, like, especially the superhero movies. It's yeah. like it's always like you can see the shit coming eighty fucking miles away, but everybody's oh like, my god, what? There's a blue laser over New York City. No way. Oh wow, there's a fucking magic stone at the bottom of all this. Really? Wow, wow, wow. You know, Crazy. It, it, it's like Oh, she's it, the reason uh Nick Fury lost his eye because of a fucking kitty cat? Wow. But then there's also the shows that still hold up that you watch. You're like, oh man, that was really great. I used to watch this, you know, like like Star Trek the Next Generation. They still hold up. They're still fucking fun to watch. I'll say lost. Same with, same with it lost. Okay, the Twilight Zone, a lot of those have held up well. If you, you don't like Lost, if you don't like the okay. ending of Lost, I get it, but uh, it, it holds up. It's it still pays off. I I, I, f- I love the last season of Lost. I'm one of the few apparently, but I love it. I love it all the way through. I really do. It it didn't satisfy what I wanted out of the show, but also in the same time, I loved it. The point is, is you, you get spoiled by this entertainment that you yeah. had all your life that, that was always there, and you think, well. I haven't seen this in a while. Maybe if I go back and watch it, that will be fun too. And then you realize why it's not in syndication anymore, because it's not that good. No. I'm looking at you, uh, the M. Night Shyamalan show. What was that called? Wayward Pines. Oh, wow. Yeah. The first five episodes were. It was him trying to do Twin Peaks. (laughs) Yeah. Episodes, it was only 10 episodes a year, and only did two seasons. But the first five episodes of the first season were fucking fantastic. And then they revealed what the mystery was in episode six, in the very beginning. He pulled a shalomalon. He blew his load too soon. Yeah, he blew his load halfway into the porno and was like, oh, I'm just fucking with the soggy dick. It's just like a wet noodle going uphill. I have nothing he to pulled, offer you. He pulled another The Village. Yeah. yeah. Like where it's like, you saw that shit coming, and then when it really revealed, it's like, really? I came here for this, huh? All yeah. All right. Then. Yep. So then you're sitting there watching going, I know what already happened, so why do I care? And then there's another season and a half after that. And you're kind of like, yeah, I know what happened. Why do I care? But it was a great show for season for five episodes. It was really fucking fantastic. And it didn't matter. The other thing I was going to bring up too is, is I think the, the thing that frustrates me more than a bad show is when you start watching a show and it's really fucking good. And then that next season comes out and you're like, Oh, why did they do? 
And yeah. I watched two two TV shows back to back, newer TV shows, where they did that. I, I loved the first season of Altered Carbon. Oh. The second season of Altered Carbon. I haven't watched it. Personally, I thought it was garbage. It was just like so superficial. It was almost all like, like talk and don't show. You know what I mean? Like like all exposition, like endless exposition. I'm like fuck this show. And then I watched Jack Ryan. I loved the first season of that so much. It was great. Second season comes out. They turn Jack Ryan into a superhero, like a Marvel superhero. Oh, and I'm great. like, I've watched Clear and Present Danger, Hunt for Red <laughs> October, Patriot Games, Some of All Fears, um, the Jack Ryan with Chris Pine in it. All great movies. Jack Ryan shed a recruit. There you go. I can't believe Jack I remember Ryan. the name of that movie. <laughs> ja- Jack Ryan season two is none of that. Okay. It has absolutely none of that whatsoever. It's like they just kept the names and turned it into another version of like a Marvel superhero show. And I'm like, I just get so tired of that. It's like you, you want to get invested in things. And it's like, if it's going to be serialized, not episodic, because I have to, obviously I got that wrong, but if you're going to have a serialized show, at least give me a story that's fucking interesting. Yeah, keeps you invested in watching the series. Thank that's, you. That's the point of serialization. Is One I want to keep watching this. Things, you and I are always talking about how much we love Westworld. One of the most beautiful yeah. things about that is how they just slowly reveal little pieces of it each time to where it just like keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I wish more shows would do that the way that they did that first season. I will just say about Westworld, because I also do a review show on that. Uh, the best part of that show is when you watch it, and I notice when I take my notes during my, you know, because I do a podcast on it. Every single ep- or every single scene, I have to talk about. Otherwise, it won't make sense later. That's a great sign. They don't waste your time. They don't waste show. your time. Every single scene matters for later. Even if it do- you don't think it does now, it will later. So if it's super small, like a 40-second scene, 50-second scene, it's going to come up again, and it matters for the greater picture of everything. And you can't ignore that to move on to the next scene because... You need to discuss that to talk about the next episode. They're not just taking a character and giving them a side story just to give them no. something to do and have it's have like yeah. Super well written, super well directed and acted and produced and fucking everything about it. Is my one of my favorite shows in the air. My favorite drama on the air for sure. I can't name a different show I watch that I love that's more serious than that. It's it's a fantastic love that show. And it makes it really hard to do a podcast about it because I'm like, I love this show. What am I supposed to say? Like, <laughs> this episode was great. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully Jeffrey Wright gets his Emmy at some point because he's, he's, he earns it. He deserves I noticed, it. I've seen him in so many good things. But yeah, that one especially. Wow. I, I just bitched about him on episode of two or go of the LAW Westworld Review about him being third build after uh, the character that plays Dolores, the actress that plays Dolores and Maeve. Oh, yeah. He's third so build, and I'm like, he is the most important character by far. Now, I can see Maeve being up there because she's my favorite character. But favorite. Yeah, Dolores, he's in... Dolores, Dolores is the main character, but she's still not the best character no, but in the show. Jeffrey Wright is in almost every scene. Yes. He's in flashbacks, flash forwards, times where you he's, don't know what the fuck's going on. He's capable of so many good things, yeah. too. Man. And he had an episode in the, uh, 310, I think it was, where he was just like screaming and he's like telling Ford to get out of his head. And I was like, good God, this man needs some sort of award. Yeah. <laughs> it's so short, but he's just like, goes back to normal. It's, it's great. It's, well, it's, it's, episode, it's season two. 
So you watch yeah. that one. I'm kind of waiting for it to wrap up because I like watching them in an yeah. in order. You got two you know, more I, weeks. You'll also, I'm not I'm not currently subscribed to HBO, so I'm gonna have to pick that back up again so I can watch it. By the time this episode drops, season three will be done. So okay. uh, then you'll be caught up. So right now we're recording on what the 21st of April, yeah. um, but uh, it's episode 306 dropped a couple days ago out of 308. So two more episodes. So nice. You'll be done. This episode won't drop for three four weeks. So. You'd be, be good then. It's probably for the better. No, yeah. <laughs> but I, I was when you mentioned about uh, earlier about like great shows that keep you invested in the se- second season. Shits the bed. Uh, I mentioned Wayward Pines, which is exactly that. And then you ever remember that show Following with Kevin Bacon? Yeah, that was another one. That's I, a I, great yeah, that first season. That the second and third seasons are just like, what the fuck is going on? Season one is so fucking good, and the music—the music alone—makes you want to watch it. They—it makes you angry. It's, it's almost like yeah. somebody betrayed you. You know, it—it it, it feels like a, a complete betrayal. You know, another one like that, Fargo. Uh, the first yeah. two seasons were fucking brilliant. I the have yet season, to make it. I don't se- know what the fuck was happening. I have yet one. to make it through season three. Oh, I, I it's, keep it's, it's a chore, restarting dude. it, it's a restarting chore. it, and I cannot it's get through it. It's a fucking chore, and you're going to be angry when it's over. I it's started L.I.W. Fargo Review, and I stopped because I was like, I can't. I don't know what the fuck. And, but I've watched episode 301, 2, 3, 4, and I keep having to go back and restart it because I forget. And I'm just stuck in the middle of season three. And season four coming out with Chris Rock, and it looks fucking great. It's in St. Louis. It looks fantastic. I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping they bring it back to to what I like about it. But yeah, that that you know, it, f- fucking what's his name? Uh, Ewan McGregor had a dual role. It's yeah, like the role of a lifetime. He's, He's great, a guaranteed Emmy. He's playing two parts, and neither one of them really matter because this whole season blows. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's pile a great of show. Shit, with yeah, it's a great show. But the the third season, it's fucking like, it's a struggle. Was at the wheel. But uh, also in uh, another show I was going to mention, which is, and, and we'll get out of here shortly here, um, is uh, The Return, which in, in Fargo Season 3, uh, what's her name? Kay, what's her fucking name? There won't, uh, Baby McLean from uh, Die Hard 4. What the fuck is her name? I cannot think of it. Uh, it's been about two years since Fargo Season three dropped so yeah they, they took like a whole year off it's been more than that i think <laughs> that i was... think so yeah they, they took a couple years off but uh, uh she's in fargo season three plays the grocer Ewan mcgregor's uh girlfriend drops the ac out the window remember kills that guy okay yeah no, that girl I she's in a show called uh the return the return which is like a, a remake of a french movie called the return okay where dead people are coming back to life and they have to deal with that and oh. It was only on for one season, 10 episodes, I think. And it was fucking great. It was fascinating because it was really, it was more about the character. I always love shows that are more character driven than story driven, which yeah, is, same. it's how do these characters deal with these loved ones returning back to life? And like, well, a lot of it they've too, moved is, on the, the since then. aren't really all that great to begin with. So you need the character driven. Yeah. You know, yeah. But this has a great story where like, uh, what's her, I can't fucking name it. Remember Kate? Is her name Kate? Am I way off? But anyway, it doesn't matter. She she's married to this guy. He dies and he returns. So she has to deal with like he's knocking on the door one episode, and but she's it's years later. She's she's already moved on. She has a son with him. 
she's has like a you know her stepdad is involved in this whole thing, and all of a sudden her ex shows up at the door who's dead. So she has to deal with that situation, which I find fascinating. And that's what the yeah. whole show's about. It's and it's concept. based. On, yeah. It's a French movie that was made into a French series, and now it's an American series. And it only was on for one season. It got canceled right when it got like to the height. And you're like, ah, oh, and it never came back. And I was so fucking mad. Didn't quite make the transfer, huh? Yeah. It just, it got canceled. I I don't know what was what network it was on. I really don't. It was like a, you know, who fucking knows at this point? Everything's on some weird shit like the Colgate Network. Who fucking cares? <laughs> Colgate like, Network. Arm and Hammer Network. Like who I like this idea though that, that we'll just like pick a random show that we might remember and then watch an episode. Because I can think of a few. There's yeah. a few times where I've tried to go back and it's not been an enjoyable experience. And the first one I can think of right now is the first time I saw Buck Rogers on DVD at, okay. the, at Walmart. Buck Rogers in the 20th century. So excited. Like yeah, that. Buck Rogers in the 20th century with fucking Gil Gerard <laughs> yeah. and uh, Aaron Gray. All right? Okay. Take yeah. that shit home, put that on. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really – I really liked this when I was a kid. This is not good. This is <laughs> no. really, really, really bad. At least Flash Gordon has that part where you're like, this is exciting even though it's stupid, but it holds up. Right, it's like, self-aware. But Buck Rogers is like – you're like, no. oh, this is like Roger Corman. Also, try watching Buck or uh, not Buck Rush, Battlestar Galactica, like 2006 Battlestar Galactica. Then yeah. try to go back and watch the 1978 Battlestar Galactica, even though it's technically the same, not the same. You know what I did was I watched Doctor, what's that fucking Doctor Who? Yeah, I watched the 1963 like first episodes. I watched the first season of that, and I go, "This is okay." I did too. Yeah, it was pretty good. And then I went and I rewatched when it came back in like 2005. Yeah. And I watched it, and I go, oh, this is terrible. It's so dated. <laughs> and I'm like, that is 40 years after the original. How is this dated, it's but the original's like not? It's like an after-school special. Yeah, yeah it feel, it's it like so cheap. It's clearly like a, this is a handheld camera, and it's just like low-grade. Uh, it's so terrible-looking. At least the original yeah. is, is film, and it looks terrible now, <laughs> but at least it has an aesthetic to it that you can appreciate. Even though some some episodes are lost, so you just hear like the audio recordings. That's how re- they release them because they don't have yeah. the film back then. You and, should you should call this this series like you should you should never go back or something like that. Yeah. that. <laughs> this could be the episode you should never go back. Episode one, yeah. Tales from the Dark Side. Could be, yeah, it could be because there's a lot of there's. I can think of a lot of them. Like I used to think they were cool. Like oh, remember that show? Yeah, that was good. How about Go this? Go back and watch it. No, it's not. It's not good. This will be <laughs> our special series within the series itself. You should never go back. I like that title. There you I appreciate go. it. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. That I is all you, it. and uh, we'll we'll do that title because I, I really do because it's true. You should never go back. <laughs> I'll let you make the graphics. <laughs> well, they just they you know they made because uh, this actually ties in here and we'll then we'll end. They made uh, uh, what the fuck is the name of that show? Um, that Nickelodeon show. Good God! Why you can't, can't I... do that on television? No, um, with the campfire and the and they throw the dust in. Why can't I think of the name of it? Are you afraid of the dark? Okay. That was a show in the early '90s on Nickelodeon, and it was fine. It was a great show for a kid. Really, that's it. It was Goosebumps, pre Goosebumps TV show. Gotcha. It was a little scary, mo- scary stuff, shows yeah. for kids. It was great. It was not good if you watch it as an adult, which I found out. But they just released it for. A new epi- new season, and it's only three episodes. That's it. That's all I did. It was a limited run, which I appreciate. Thank you so much for only doing three. I have yet to watch it, so I want to watch that for our, for this new series. You should never go back. 
It's only three. That's it. <laughs> okay. But I also want to watch, uh, like we mentioned, Creep Show. There's only six episodes now. That's it. That's all I did. So I'm kind of curious. The thing that's nice about the six episodes is each one of them is like about 45 minutes, but still two stories. So it's two very short stories. Oh, is it really? Yeah, each episode is two stories. I did not know that. I know nothing about it. They do, you know how they did in the Creep Show movie where they show like the comic books and then it zeroes into the panel? They do that shit in the show too. They tried to do that on Tales from the Crypt. It's all practical effects. So I like that too. Like there's no oh, CG. Good. It's all, all practical effects. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was good. Like I, I know some people don't necessarily agree with me. I mean, is it going to be George Romero, Stephen King level good? No. No. But it is definitely, it, it, it tries to emulate that. And I think some of the stories are pretty decent. Like I enjoyed watching it. I, I was invested enough to watch it all the way to its completion. Good. Uh, I'm looking forward to it then. Uh, you know, I, me and you are, you and I rather, are very similar as far as our opinions about certain things go. You like movies way more like, than I do, but like certain movies, like uh, I, I think what it is with me is like, like I, I, I was kind of talking about this the other day. Like, like friends of mine when I was growing up, like they like comic books. Like they, they liked to be hanging on for that next thing, and I guess I always liked movies more because. I don't want to You're wait done. for that next yeah. episode. I, I want the whole thing in my hand. I want to follow it to to its completion, which is why I was always more into movies than comic books. Yeah. I, you like uh, classic movies more than I do. You like yeah. Terminator. You like your fucking Alien and stuff like Robocop, that. Jaws. Yeah, yeah. You like those more than I do. I like Robocop a lot. So uh, excluding that movie, <laughs> you like those yeah. a lot more than I do. I think they're okay. I like them as... I appreciate them as classics, but I like my movies that speak to me more. Like, like you know, some Donnie Darko, stuff like that. I like those I like kind of movies. Moon. Yeah. I actually, I'm a huge fan of Donnie Darko. Yeah, I like. <laughs> I think those are better than Terminator. I like that better. It, In ways, yeah. It speaks it, to me it's, better. It's, it's right. It's 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 more cerebral than than something like Terminator. I'd rather watch Dark City or The Crow more Dark than. City's great. The Crow's great. Yeah, I don't need Terminator anymore in my life. I don't need it. <laughs> Predator, it's, no, thank it's, you. It's been overdone, and, and I, I well, with me the, with the Predator and, and the the RoboCop is, you know, my my uncle was the first one in the family to have a VHS, yeah, like 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 a VCR, VCR. and he took me to my first rental place. I still got and one. He says anything you want, anything you want. I'm gonna say anything because I begged my mom that year to take me to RoboCop and I was too young. She would yeah. not take me to see R-rated RoboCop or not. Yeah, RoboCop or Predator came out the same year. Would not take me to see either one of them. So naturally I tell my uncle this one. He's like, "You can get another one." I'm like, "Okay, Predator." So RoboCop and Predator were the first movies I watched on VHS and I watched them both back to back. I watched Predator, rewound it, watched it again, watched RoboCop, rewound it, watched it again. So I thought that whole concept fucking blew my mind so those Paul, movies Paul were really a, violent and progressive great. at the time yeah. now it's just kind of like eh, whatever we do yep. that all the time now you know well robocop is uh, i, I want to say robocop is a lot different than terminator i love oh, yeah. robocop it's, it's, terminator it's, it's better it's way better than terminator yeah so. it has a lot more to say and has a lot more levels to it than terminator terminator is very this is what he is this is what he does and you're it's surface level but I, I was always the kid that was like my mom did the same thing where she's like whatever you want go ahead and run amok you know, back in the 80s, parents didn't give a shit. 
but also the eighties, you got to remember too, is kind of revolutionized the whole sci-fi horror thing. Like that kind of really wasn't a thing. There was alien and that kind of started it. And then sci-fi and horror kind of blended. And that's why I like that shit. Cause like, I'm not totally sci-fi. Well, yeah, I I am. I'm really sci-fi, but I'm not totally horror. But when you mix the two together, those are usually my favorite shit. I was just going to say, I I prefer sci-fi over horror, but if you mix the two, holy shit, I love it. I was always more the kid that would go grab, I had the same experience it sounds like, but I would go grab like the latest Puppet Master release (laughs) or Hellraiser Leprechaun and I would hate it, but I would make fun of it. And that's because I grew up on MST. MST is my favorite fucking show. My favorite anything of anything. We would go to the the store and look for the video case that has like the most ugliest yeah, in the horror section. And you had to learn something there with like little blinky lights. We usually get those too. You had to learn. And I recognize this as like a 10 year old. You learn what uh, releases were from who. So if I saw Terminator, I go, no, thanks. But if I saw Full Moon, I go, that's fucking, that's gold. We got to get the latest Full Moon movie. Full that is Charles. I had a Full Moon subscription for a really long <laughs> yeah. time. And I'm thinking about going back again, but I've watched everything on there like so much. But uh, the other thing too is it, you, you remember the rental days. Oh yeah. Learning, you read so many box art, back of the box art, like you can almost see code, like generic speak. Like it's like, oh, laugh out loud funny. That means it's going to fucking suck. No, you, know you don't you want. I did a whole episode works. of 100 Things Will Burn Hell about that. You'll laugh a minute. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Just, don't listen yeah. to that. If I see the company label on there, if I see Omega or if I see Canon, I'm going to laugh at some fucking terrible action. <laughs> and this is me at like 10 years old, eight years old, yeah. maybe even younger. Canon. I would go, yes, I want that movie. And I would sit there and watch it with my mom. And she's like, what are we watching? I'm like, I don't know, but it is great. <laughs> it's terrible and it's great. And this started like, I mean, MST came on the air when I was three, four. So I literally grew up on that show. That was, that's just where I grew up on. So I, I'll watch a bad movie just for the fuck of it. I didn't discover MST until the Mike Nelson days. Oh, really? So, yeah, that, yeah. I did so a whole thing in high school. I, I feel a little bit more attached to him because that's how that was my discovery. Oh, of MST Mike is by far the better host, but you think so? Oh, definitely. He was the head writer for the Joel days too, but I would, yeah. I, I remember writing a thing in high school about, it was like a, one of those things you're supposed to write for, I did a, a writing class in high school and one of the topics for the day, and I still have the paper on me, is what was your favorite TV show? What do you remember growing up with? And I wrote a whole page and a half about MST. And I'm like, this is yeah. what happened. <laughs> I'm like, this That's is me great. super young. <laughs> I'm like, this has been my whole life. Now I got the tattoos on me. There's no getting rid of it. It's just what I grew I up with. Admit, I admit, I watch MST more now than I did when it was on tv because like you, you can you have the ability to stream those and oh, i yeah. will put those on even if i've seen them 18 fucking times i'll watch them again and i have my favorites you know i, I tell you right now space mutiny that one fucking no! nuts. space mutiny pod people that's space mutiny is a great one because you see a character die and then two scenes later she's back in the back in the control room <laughs> There's there's a two part that's like Space Hunter. It's that Japanese like Andy Frank fucking uh, uh, Japanese sci fi show that they they turned into a movie and it's like two parts. It's that's the a, one with the forklift song. Uh, that that one. That's a Joel. That's a Joel season. 
It's a Joel one, but I laughed yeah. really hard when they did the forklift song. And they, they, I think they were like at top of their game on, on those. So yeah. plus it was such a ridiculous show anyway. So, so I guess what we're trying to say is go check out Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Netflix or whatever the fuck you have. Go seek it out. If you're a fan of schlocky shit, go check it out because it fucking raised me. It also watch it's on my tracks, skin because it's the same guys. Riff tracks is the same guys. It doesn't have the skits and you kind of miss them, but they still have the same riffing quality. Some of them are better than others. And I love the fact that they they branched off because it was MST, and then Joel and some of them went over and did cin- cinematic Titanic, and then uh, Mike and some of the other wasn't over in the riff tracks. But first they yeah. did uh, was it film school. I have the I have the DVD next to me. It's called Film Crew, Film Crew. They did that, and so there's like all these different things that you can follow, and all these DVD releases that you can follow, and it's all the same shit where they do commentary over movies that are bad, and it 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 drew me in to do B Movie Battle, which is the exact same plot. If you really think about that, that show is me getting kidnapped and watching bad movies. It's, it's the exact same fucking show. Kid. And this is going to be a shameless plug time, but yeah, every Friday night on my on my YouTube channel, that's what we do. We watch a bad movie with our audience, and then we review it. So, can we tie it in with Boom Movie Battle somehow, so it can be a? I don't see why we couldn't do some kind of a crossover. I think it'd be fucking. Epic. I think it would be great actually, because it ties in perfectly, especially during these quarantine days, where I can just sit there yeah. and say I'm kidnapped and let's watch these movies. I'd be willing to move the show to a different day if it works for you for that, because I'm pretty sure I could get that crew together in a heartbeat. That sounds uh, fucking Alex fantastic. Alex left the show temporarily because he works two jobs, so we we've got Nick and Tam. Nick and Tam actually uh, works in film. He actually. Is a cameraman. So. Good. Let's do it. Um, I'd be excited because I really want to do a DB, well, B-movie battle, and I really want to do a live episode. So yep. I work a lot better live than I do pre-recorded. Uh, I'm the opposite. <laughs> the uh, pre-recorded scares me more than live does because live, you can just really? say what the fuck you want. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. But live. you can always you know, edit pre-re- everything out. But yeah, live, if you if you screw up, that's the end of you, you know? So. Yeah, but I make fun of myself. I can just... Switch to making fun of myself right away and just be fine. It doesn't matter to me. But, you know, that's just because I've been on stage a thousand times and you can just transition from one to the other. It doesn't matter. You got that advantage over me. Yeah, I, I did improv in high school and then, you know, kept doing it from there on. So it's been almost 20 years where I've just been doing this shit. But um, I, I do want to thank you for choosing this episode because... <laughs> We didn't talk about it much, but... Well, more, more or less choosing the show, and we watch enough to know that we're probably never going to revisit <laughs> no. Tales from the Dark Side ever again. I, I will say I'll give it a, an A-plus for the intro and the outro. That's really the best part of that fucking show, like listening to the intro. That is... Try to enjoy the daylight. That is a... a let me see if I can make this make sense. That is a grade you give to the show, not to the episode. Because that the episode had nothing to do with that. That ep, that intro outro is on the, in the beginning of end of every single episode. So it's a lie. We're yeah. focused on this episode. In which case, I give a D. Yeah, I think it's being generous. <laughs> well, D because I do like the old guy. I like his character, but that's it. It doesn't fail completely, but because I like that character, and that's it. The music was doing a lot of heavy lifting there. So the I mean, music I guess was we could terrible. The, mu- the music will ter- take, take it up a notch. Do I you guess, remember how me- yeah. sometimes, but you remember how terrible it was in some parts? I even commented on our, on our commentary, which I still haven't decided if our commentary is going to get released on the show or not. I think it will. Should it? 
it might make it more interesting. <laughs> Should I just release the commentary? Because we record our probably, live commentary. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay, I'll consider it, but I don't want to get shut down by YouTube or iTunes or whatever the fuck. But I think if you if you show it and don't like if you just do the audio, I think it's fine. Yeah, because they, they they probably can't hear the. Uh, I, I don't know who the hell would be claiming tales from the dark side, but whatever. I don't even know who this aired. Who aired this? I have no idea. Uh, it used to be on some like late night local channel. That was reruns to, though. Like, I'm old enough to remember when we used to just have like a handful of channels. Oh, so, so am I. Yeah. You it, know, so it was on one of those like really fucking late at night, like midnight it came on. I grew up on a, a four channel black and white TV. Same. So we're the same. You're yeah, 10 same. years older, but I also am super poor. My, so. my, my first TV was black and white, and I was happy to have it. Yeah, I, I, I watched, had my own fucking TV. I remember watching Vikings games growing up, because I'm a Vikings fan. And then finally one day when my mom switched my TV out for color one, I go, oh, they're purple. That was the excitement for me. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Did you ever hook a Nintendo up to a black and white TV and play yeah. that shit? Yeah, growing up. That was, that was growing up. Some of those I had, games are really tough on. when you couldn't tell the difference between the, the bad guy bullets and your bullets. <laughs> I was going to say, before Nintendo, I had Atari 2600. And that's what I grew up on. Me and my brother and sister had that. And we had no idea what the fuck was happening because you couldn't see anything. It was all black and white. So when we got Nintendo, my parents uh, switched it out for a color TV. And I was like, oh! But that was only in one room. My, my TV in my room had a black and white set. So. Yeah, my, I had a black and white TV like all the way up into my teens. Yeah. So... Yeah, I was I was uh, eight probably when they switched it out with the color, so ninety two. But the main TV in the living room had color, and I could watch HBO and stuff, which is I mostly think what I grew up on. My first color TV is one of my parents' hand me down TVs. Like yeah. they, they they upgraded and gave me their old one, and I was happy to have it because it was color. Damn it! Yeah. Well, my mom was my mom was born in sixty, and she gave me her TV that she she got as a teenager, her like her graduation present, which was a black and white, and that's what I had growing up. She knew I was in the TV and like movies, so she gave me the TV, and that. But it was so it was black and white. And it was terrible. <laughs> so you had to look past that, though. I didn't even think about it honestly until I got older. I didn't really think about it. You know, this is what you had. Nowadays, kids would not fly with that shit. They'd be like, oh, "This is nothing. Get it out of my face." iPhone. How old were you, old were you when you got your first VHS? Um, I my dad was telling me. Which I don't even remember. We used to rent the Laserdisc player. Oh, okay. I still have some Laserdisc uh, over here. I got. Well, I showed you the Twilight Zone Laserdisc I have. Yeah, those are collector's yeah, items. Yeah, those I still have. So I have a stack of Laserdiscs. But VHS we got in probably 89, 90. We rented in the 93, 94. We probably started... We bought one. Because I remember getting the... Um, Tim Burton, the first two Batman movies together. Yep, yep. And then yeah, E.T. Okay. Around the same time, it's me. Yeah, then. yeah. E.T. Okay. we got. That's when they got affordable that around then, like 93. Right. Yeah, the that's, tapes were like a they were so the, expensive. The $10 for range. Yeah. yeah. That was back when if you kept it too long from Blockbuster or, or, you know, for me it was Family Video back in Michigan, they would charge you 60 bucks to keep it. <laughs> like, fuck that. Wow. Yeah. Hey, let's get out of here. Let's not keep going. I'm sorry. I, I, no, I, I, I'm enjoying the chat too much. This is on me too, so I don't mind talking if you want to keep going. <laughs> it's up to you. No, no, I was just going to say, I, I I was one of the last holdouts with the VHS, and what finally fucking did me in to, to upgrade to a DVD player, like everybody had a fucking DVD player except me. I'm like, I have all these VHS movies. Yeah. I can get them cheap. 
I'm going to keep this fucking VCR forever. I still stand by VCRs were better for rentals than DVDs. But what caused me to upgrade to a DVD player was when my VCR ate my 20th anniversary collector's edition of Jaws. Oh, yeah. With fucking Spielberg's documentary on it and shit. And it really fucking pissed me off. And, and I've never been able to replace that. My graduation present in 2002 from my parents, and this is all the present was, was a VHS or VCR slash DVD combo. It was like this oh, fucking yeah. wide. And it played both, but you can record from one to the other. So all I did was record from, I rent whatever from the library and then record it on my VCR. And then, so I had a VHS cabinet, huge collection of VHSs I would record off something else. It was copying, pirating before pirating became online. So, yeah, you weren't selling them. You weren't really pirating. No, but I had thousands of movies and (laughs) and it was, uh, that's what I did. And you know, eventually I moved over to DVD, and I was kind of like, these are better quality, but still pretty terrible. But it wasn't until Blu-ray when I go, okay, here we go. The movies yeah. actually look good. I didn't yeah. get a, a, a like an actual HD TV until 2013. It took a while. Because remember, movies looked terrible before then. I think I got my first one when George Bush... Junior was giving out those stimulus checks. It's like so. It was like 2009, I think, is when I got my first HD TV. It was a 42 inch, and it was like a thousand bucks. <laughs> Must have been before then, because George Bush was out of office by then. Uh, maybe he was, yeah, he was that one. Oh wait, yeah. maybe 2008. Yeah, it was 2008. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I don't remember then, because I think my parents were claiming me, so I never got that money. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I was too old for that though. I was like twenty six. It, like, it was like a it was a Dynex from uh, Oh yeah <laughs> Best Best Buy, and it was like eight ninety nine. It was all I could fucking afford, yeah. just so I could get the the game thing and the Blu ray thing going. That was it. Well, was let me just say this: my first HDTV I had is is my main TV in my living room still. My secondary TV is one I got for my camera to record my shows with. So I can have some sort of monitor. That's my main TV in my in my bedroom. I don't. I don't give a shit. I don't have a eight, a four K TV. I don't have that. I don't care. I I do want one eventually, but I, I just don't give a shit. If you decide to do that, wait till around Super Bowl is when you always get the best deals. I got a long time. Yes, you do. Especially oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> if there's ever a Super Bowl again, I'll, uh, I'll get around to that. Yeah, I think my parents got a 65-inch 4K Dolby Vision, all that shit, for like around 600 bucks. Yeah, I, I might get yeah. there. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently it's been like eight years and I haven't you know, upgraded, so I don't know you'll if get, I give a shit. A, you'll get a deal when it comes around. Trust me, they're going to have to move something. Yeah. I, I just don't give a shit, but... Um, Adam, where can we find you? Where can the listeners find you online? The best way to find me is com. I review bad movies. I do pop culture news and reviews. I'm mostly a YouTube guy. Occasionally I will write something if the mood fits me to write something. I prefer writing, but I don't usually have time. YouTube is mostly my jam, so you can find me there. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. You can find me at uh, Raiders underscore OTLF. Perfect. Yeah, uh, go check them out. I'm on their show quite a bit more than I uh, expected. <laughs> it's always fun to be on your show. I'll go Thanks, check that out on YouTube. It, 
I, I pester him constantly, so. That's all right. I don't mind. There's no pestering me when I don't give a shit. But, uh, we like doing our, our B-movies with lots of commentary. Lots yeah, of I don't shut the fuck up, so the, there's uh, plenty for me to say. So. <laughs> <laughs> when you, me, and Pete are in a show, all three of us sh- don't shut the fuck up, so it's it's a bit of a... I think a lot of it is, is, is <laughs> like all three of us have like some radio experience or some yeah, performance. Yeah. He did radio, I did Armed Forces radio, and you did something, I can tell. I, well, you went to film school, so I mean, you, you're... Plus, you do open mic, you know... Yeah, I do everything, comedy. so... You kind of know where to fill the dead air. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm used to being the host. So when I'm on your show, I'm kind of like, here's my long soliloquy about this. And I'm, I always have to go, sorry, I forget. This is my show. <laughs> and Pete's like, no problem. I'm like, is it? Is it no problem? Because <laughs> I, I talk for five solid minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that's why I have you on because I hate hosting. So I can just let you just turn you loose. Let, that- let you and Pete just kind of hash it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate to say this, and it sounds egotistical, but it's it's not that. It's just the fact that I I like the things that we watch, and I could just sit there and talk more and more and more. So, but uh, it's always fun to do your show. I always appreciate when you ask me on. Um, uh, I think we announced that you're going to be the third mic on Twilight Zone Review. Sure, um, love to have you on. I mean, it's only one episode every every Tuesday, but go ahead and check that show out. L A W the Twilight Zone Review. I also do LIW American Horse Review, uh, Westworld Review, and Walking Dead Review. All start with LIW. So go search your podcast app, whatever you have, and they're on there. And also LIW Tales from the Kirk Review. <laughs> this guy this has show. a whole YouTube channel that is so full of stuff that I haven't even gone through all of it yet. Like just ridiculous amounts of stuff. And uh, most of it is really good. Most so check it. him out on YouTube Most too. of it. You hear that? Uh, you heard most of it's pretty good. I heard... Only most of it. And I'm kind of going, what's not great on? <laughs> I haven't seen all of it yet. Okay. So I can't say all of it's great. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> everything I've seen has been great. All right, there you go. So, you know, Redemption. I, 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 I have a tendency to cherry pick what's on there because there's certain things that I think are speaking to me more than others. So, Yeah, go ahead and check that out. Uh, appreciate any subscriptions on there. I'm still trying to get more. I'm only at 106 now for... <laughs> It's fucking sad. I've been there for like seven years, but YouTube's a beast, man. You have to keep at it like every fucking day. I just don't give a shit enough to do that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm still typing the episode here. Tars from the dark side. Um, yeah, thanks for it's listening. Um, this room. Oh, oh, oh. No, we already already drew. Never mind. Um, this is kind of a random in the middle of nowhere episode, so we're still gonna do uh, Tales from the Crypt Creeper two or four. All the gory details. Whenever, whenever we get back to our regular scheduling. So whenever, Adam, whenever you're on, I appreciate doing whatever show you want to do. I don't give a shit. This show is kind of a fuck around. I, yeah. I, if you want to do Tales from the Crypt, great. If not, great. Don't no, care. I like it. I like it. Um, and I, I like what we did with this one, too. I'll see if I can dig up some old, some old terrible sci-fi and uh, <laughs> horror shows and, you know, stuff that's anthology related. And then we'll, yeah. we'll try it. We'll see if we can go back or not. <laughs> Both have an appreciation for, uh, for anthologies. And what we're calling this, Never Go Back. Never go back because, uh, yeah, uh, nostalgia is not always the key. And a lot of people, I think, kind of stroke it a little bit too much. And they realize that maybe because you have a memory of something might not be as great as you once thought it was. So never go back one. Tales from the Dark Side 117. Uh, the Nightmares Madness Room. Room. Madness Room. 
I'm typing this down right now so I don't forget. I was going to say, if you don't type it down this time, you're never going to remember it's never. This. The Madness Room, I have not been able to remember. I thought of it earlier once and madness only room. once. Come on. Jesus Christ. Well, part of it is I just rewatched uh, Haunting of Hill House, which is the Red Room. So that's where I'm at, but let's the not go down that road. What he's getting at is there's nothing memorable about this episode, <laughs> no. including the fucking title. All right? Or the show name. Every time I talk about Tales from the Crypt, Tales Adam... from something or other. Tales from fucking no, 80s. No, that's know. you. I know the name of the show. You keep saying Dark Side. I'm like, not the name of the show, man, when it's not the show we're doing. That's why we decided to just go ahead and watch <laughs> yeah. it. Like, all right, fuck, we're watching Tales from Dark Side. I'll prove you. I'll prove yeah. you it's terrible. Go check out LAW, The Twilight Zone Review, episode 163. That's what we talked about and decided that we're going to do this show for this episode. So, um, But yeah. Um, go to patreon.com slash loitering one nine studios. You can hear the episodes as they uh, as they're recorded pretty much. And you can so you can hear this one right now instead of waiting several weeks because I only release once every Tuesday instead of when I record. So this is episode five right now, only two have dropped on iTunes. So you can you can catch them early if you're a Patreon subscriber. Only a dollar a month. And yeah, go check that out. But until next time, in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. I'm uh, Adam Wilcox. So long, citizens. Fuck you, dark side. <laughs> Hit that got. like button. Subscribe. Smash that like button. Subscribe. Get that bell. To get those little thing because they weren't live. <sighs> my soul. Colgate channel. <laughs> I felt my soul leave. <laughs> All right. My ass is really starting to hurt now.